hooked up everything. Someone call Gordon Bombay because the Mighty Ducks need a new leader. After tales of horrifying mismanagement hit Gary Bettman's beloved hotline, Anaheim GM Bob Murray resigned faster than you can say Emilio Estevez Estevez. In other news, Jeremy Colleton was fired, Jake Neighbors was demoted, and Connor McDavid took the entire New York Rangers roster out to dinner. And not in the fun way. It's all ahead in a jam-packed episode, so let's get started and let's go Blues! guys one cup podcast it is wednesday november 10th and uh we are coming to you live from district five the home of the mighty ducks the home of the no longer so mighty ducks (laughs) now that they have lost their gm um we'll talk about bob murray here in a second but ian first of all how are you doing uh i'm doing great i am partaking in Thanksgiving festivities, pre-Thanksgiving festivities, you know, when Halloween ends what exactly? on October 31st. <laughs> Steven, there is a whole month <laughs> where people should be getting ready for Thanksgiving, prepping themselves, prepping their stomachs, uh-huh. perhaps. But no one does that anymore, Stephen. No one cares about the spirit oh, of Thanksgiving. Oh, so you're saying like like uh, esophageal exercises, Oh, yeah, perhaps. yeah, yeah. Shove some stuff yeah. down your throat. <laughs> Get your gullet. I'm nice. pulling right back out. Um, <laughs> but, you know, people go right for Christmas. I see people with their Christmas lights up, and that's great, but it's too early. Listen. I'll say it. I'll say it. I hate Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that couldn't be further from the truth, but really, it's like, you know, the magic of Christmas that only happens for a little bit every year. And I'll even give you all December. I'll give you after the. I'll give you the moment after you've swallowed your last bit of turkey. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is over. Christmas starts. My family, but that's when my family has always done Christmas from like December twenty two until like whatever day in January we decide, and sometimes February to take down the tree. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also because we've always done a real tree, which I know is bad for the earth. And I'm gonna be real honest with you, I just don't care. I mean, I do. I do. I want the earth to do well, but I also want a real live deciduous tree. Is it a deciduous uh, and evergreen tree? I'll be honest. Some yeah. kind of tree. The earth's bone, so like, yeah. just, <laughs> just take as many trees my, as you can. My having a tree or not having a tree is not saving or destroying the earth. But seriously, Thanksgiving deserves more credit than it gets, so... Uh, you know, go out there, get your turkey early, for folks, because these supply chain issues, they're they are real. And right? They're spectacular. When I own a home someday, I want to buy so many inflatable decorations. Mm. I want to be that person. Um, and I've seen ones of giant cartoon turkeys, and I will definitely be putting one up for Thanksgiving to show that I celebrate St. Thanksgivingness. <laughs> Uh, well, someone who have, doesn't have a lot to celebrate these days is the former Anaheim Ducks general manager, Bob Murray, who resigned in disgrace. I can say in disgrace. Yeah, right? yeah. 
I haven't seen a headline that says resign and disgrace, but I think it's I think it's a safe leap. Uh, and uh, enrolled in an alcohol abuse program today. After this story very quickly developed, unlike that, um, unlike the uh, Kyle Beach story. Sorry, my brain broke because I got a notification. You know how brains work. Um, this was basically what was it like Wednesday? It was like yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. That he was like put on leave, mm-hmm. and then it was just it was just gone. <laughs> someone called someone called Gary Bettman's hotline, one of the many, and they looked into it. <laughs> I really am curious. Was this the Kyle Beach hotline? Because he's had other hotlines before. I, I like to think it's one of the many other ones that were floating around. One eight hundred no curse. I'd like to think you call a hotline and you get like a. Like a slapstick, like uh, Mel Mel uh, Brooks esque scene of like getting transferred from one hotline to another hotline by like an ancient switchboard. I like operator. to think it's like a it's like when you call anything where it's automated. It's like, hey, you've reached Gary Bettman's one eight hundred no cursing hotline. <laughs> someone cursed at you in a manner you don't like. Or do you do you take it? Has it gone too far? Press one for English. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or or we can we can have one of those that's like hello you've reached one eight hundred no curse <laughs> you know <laughs> just fill in the blank. <laughs> um, this one is uh, you know we're making a few more jokes than we made the last time because while serious these allegations don't quite go into the heinous activities uh, that you know mm. um, the Kyle Beach stuff did more. Just being a general asshole, throwing temper tantrums, being intimidating, uh, cursing at players, that sort of stuff. All bad stuff. All super bad. He deserved mm-hmm. to lose his job. Once again, not sure he loses his job if the Ducks are like 10 and 2 right now. But, right. you know, eh, it's the NHL. What are you going to do? <laughs> so, uh, I guess Joel Quinville lost his job when his team was literally undefeated. <laughs> so, it can happen. Um... But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? I feel like it developed very quickly. I think this is, you know, even though it's not explicitly tied to the Kyle Beach story, really, I feel like it's part of that same kind of... I feel like the NHL has all its controversies and clusters mm. and they're all, all the fallouts kind of related. You know, the Bill Peters stuff all happened with, like, the couple of other stories last year about right. racial abuse and stuff like that. So, like... Well, you gotta think... They, I mean, they have said this has been happening for a while, and there's been numerous instances that people have reported that weren't just, like, something that happened yesterday. Um, so you have to think that the people that did report it... I mean, I saw the Kyle Beach stuff, right? And they were like, you know what? If he's gonna speak up about this, I then I feel like I can speak up about the students being a general jackass <laughs> to yeah. us. And like it's really interesting because now of course now everyone's coming out with like their Bob Murray stories like oh yeah I was with him on an elevator and he always seemed really angry and all this stuff. But to me every media person that's ever talked about Bob Murray up until this point has made it sound like he's kind of like one of the GMs that actually does some talking about mm. like what he's trying to do or planning to do and so maybe that's why media folks seem to paint him in like a kind of I'm going to say not a nice, not like a nice light, but like a light of like, oh, he's, he's talkative and he's whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. He seems like, seems gregarious. And then in my head, I make the connection. Oh, he's probably a nice guy then. Yeah. It's like, oh, never mind. No, he's, he's talks a lot and he's an asshole. <laughs> um, I'm, if you're the Anaheim Ducks fans, 
I'm sure that feels you're caught off guard, but at the same time, this guy's been GM since 2008. Mm-hmm. And, like, I guess he was a GM for some good years, but, like, these last couple of years have been pretty lean. And he's yeah. 66, and it's sort of like, okay, good. Time to move on. Time to get, like, fresh blood in there yeah. or something. Yeah, I've always felt very strongly, and this is a very, like, I don't want to cast dispersions on a generation, but this feels like a more millennial thing to think, which I guess I am one. I was going to say it feels like a very not-boomer thing to think, but let's not make it a negative. Let's make it about us. But, like, I've always felt that, like, being a basically decent human being is part of a job requirement. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I know that there are a lot of people that are like, well, no, if you're effective, you can be as big a jerk as you want and as unpleasant to work with. If you get the job done, yeah. then that's what you're getting paid for. But I always think, like, people's toxicity affects the whole system, you know, the whole, like, nervous system of a company. And everyone, they may be effective, but everyone else might be being dragged down because they're being a major D-bag, you know? Mm. And I think it was like, was it... Was it, I feel like it was SDP that were talking about this back with the the Babcock stuff, maybe, where they were like, yeah, being a decent human being should be, like, the easiest part, yeah, not the part that's, like, we're giving them credit for, yeah, you know? Like, that's like, the part where people, like, pat themselves on the back for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's, like, a Chris Rock joke where he's, like, people are always like, yeah, and, like, He's such a great dad, or he's like, whatever. It's like, yeah, man, I'm supposed to be a great dad, (laughs) or I'm supposed to be like a good dad. That's just part of being a dad, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's, so, you know, I think it's, it's good that he is getting help, you know. I, I'm glad that he stepped down and that this didn't drag out into something really ugly or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will hold on to my suspicions that it would be a different situation if it was a different team or a different GM and a different stage in their cycle of life. But that's maybe unfair. Uh, Man, if I was an NHL person with demons in my closet, I'd feel pretty nervous right now, you know? I know, right? It's like, just, it's going to be a bloodletting, I feel like. I'm guessing there's going to be one or two more of these. Like this season, this yeah. year possibly alone. Yeah, and it's it's for the best. You got to wonder if there's enough of these. If there's enough of these. Gary Bettman's uh, jobs on the line. Mm, probably not. We can talk about that. <laughs> now. Let's read these statements. Uh, following is a statement from the Anaheim Ducks. We recently became aware of accusations of improper professional conduct against Bob Murray. After internal review, we enlisted Shepard Mullen to perform an independent investigation. Upon recommendation from their uh, initial findings, we have decided to place Bob on administrative leave pending final results. In the interim, Vice President of Hockey Operations and Assistant GM Jeff Solomon will assume the role of interim general manager. We will have no further comment until the investigation is complete. And then the NHL released a statement today, which I will pull up as soon as I can find it. It said, we support the decision by Bob Murray to resign uh, his position as general manager of the Anaheim Ducks. While we understand that he is seeking appropriate counseling and treatment for his personal issues, there is no excuse and there is no place in our league for the type of behavior that was recently reported through the NHL hotline. Oh, baby. <laughs> they are touting that hotline. You gotta. Uh, We thank the Ducks organization for its prompt and appropriate response to the hotline reports. 
The league and its clubs are committed to a safe and welcoming workplace across the NHL and will continue to take any and all necessary, uh, all na- action necessary to achieve that goal. So, you know, swift, fair, tough but fair, as the kids say. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this situation? Uh, no, I mean, I like I said, I hope he gets help, but I think it's, I think that's the appropriate action, especially given what we've seen the NHL do uh, in the recent past. So good on the Ducks for that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think good for them, even if the situation made it a little easier. Uh, Speaking of situations making things easier, Jeremy Colleton was fired. This was inevitable. Stan Bowman was the only reason he still had a job. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the only reason he wasn't fired pretty much immediately was just to let the organization have a little breathing room. So uh, he has been not good in relief of uh, Joel Quinville. He's been there for 40 years somehow. Apparently, too, he's never coached in a full season. Mm -hmm. Every one of those has been, like, COVID-shortened or the bubble or or last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels like uh, the last two seasons just kind of don't count, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, King, uh, Derek King, former player, has been uh, promoted to the head coach of the Blackhawks for the time being for the remainder of their season. Mm Mm-hmm. and uh, he's been the head coach of the Rockford Ice Hogs since being hired on April 25th, 2019. He previously served as interim head coach, uh, and before that was an assistant coach there, originally being named to the position on July 7th. So, big changes in the Blackhawks organization. Talk of this prompting bigger changes um, throughout the organization, maybe re-examining the role of Bobby Hull, maybe changing the logo and i just want to say none of those things will happen uh the logo is not changing until people force it to change right. and we're not there yet because it's the nhl and nobody cares enough so uh but you know what do you think about jeremy j, j- call getting tired j call uh, the old colon uh <laughs> that's fine i feel bad for him just because yeah i don't think he ever got a real fair shake and it sucks too because he should be like the Jeff Blaschel, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's just there for the crappy years and we're assuming Jeff Blaschel will be gone for the good years of the Red Wings so that Jeremy Colleton would hand it off to like a real coach or whatever. But they kind of just sped it up and said, oh, we're out of the rebuild now, Jeremy. So, you know, get us get us some results. Yeah. Get us some results with uh, Seth Jones at his worst and our whole defense sucks and Marc-Andre Fleury's not playing too Looking good. Looking old, yep. Uh, I just, I feel bad for him. Um, I feel bad too because I feel like he kind of had to stand up for Stan Bowman because Stan Bowman, like you said, was the really only reason he was there mm-hmm. still at that point. I mean, I really thought he was going to get fired like, I don't know, two years ago after one year of being there. Uh so we'll see. I think they talked about on 31 Thoughts that they sort of felt he might get another shake at something down the road. Because he is really young. He's like 33, 34. Um, I think he was the youngest coach in the league. So I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll show up again mm-hmm. at some point or another. So much, much luck to him. Maybe he goes back to Sweden. I think that's where he coached for a little bit before too. But I think he'll... He'll show back up. I wonder about what the Hawks are going to do. Like this new coach, he's an older guy. He's been around for a long time. 
the few interviews I saw with him, he actually seems like a, a fun guy. So I'm like, oh, that's good. That might, you know, lighten up their season a bit. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder what they do long term for a coach because unless unless they just turn this season around with this guy, there's no way you can just pivot to this other dude. You gotta have like a real NHL coach at this point. Yeah, like we we laugh about and make fun of like retreading on old ground with some mm-hmm. of these coaches, but I do think they need like a Claude Julian or somebody. That's a real NHL coach that's or played that's coached a, a number of games, number of seasons before. I just wonder who that is, and mm-hmm. I wonder if you can tell them, "Hey, so what do you think about our weird half rebuild? Do you think you can manage this now? <laughs> you think that's good for you?" Um, that's what I really wonder. Is I'm like, it sounds like they're not looking to get a new GM at this point either, which makes sense. I get that's kind of a bigger task. Uh-huh. I'm just a little surprised that they even let this guy. Who is it now? I can't remember his name. Derek King. No, oh, oh, Mc Mc McDermott Mc something. But anyways, I'm surprised McDonald's. they let him uh, fire Colleton. I thought maybe yeah. they'd just let them both take the season out and then they'd replace both of them. Um, but maybe they'll let this GM Kyle around. Davidson. Oh, Davidson. Mick David, but it wasn't. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> I wonder if he sticks around too and gets some say in how this team is built. It'll be interesting when we get to like trade deadline time mm-hmm. or when they eventually trade away Flurry because you know that's happening. Um, yeah, it makes makes for an interesting team in the Central. Yeah. They suck, but they're interesting. Right. They're beautiful. They're, they're dying. dying. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, dude. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they'll get rid of Taves or Kane at some no. point? You think they're just gonna be there forever? I mean, I don't. How? Who's taking either of those guys right now? Well, their contracts are up soon. You? Oh, are they? I think in like two years. Maybe. Maybe then. I don't know why anyone would want Taves. He's never oh, that good now. Yeah. I think Somebody's he's gonna. I think he's there forever. I think you could get Kane out of there. Oh, you could trade Kane today for somebody. I mean, he's still real good. But, like, I don't like Patrick Kane, but I'd love to see him like on another team just eat, for the fun of it. If you eat half that salary, somebody give you a lot. To oh Patrick yeah, Kane, and you just eat the two years and half the salary. I think. You like still again, I know this will make people throw up in their mouths, but like, imagine like you're like the Bruins and you need a winger and you get Patrick Kane on the Bruins. I'm like, oh, this is fucking. This is like gross in yeah. the best way. Yeah. Oof. I know. I hate Patrick Kane. I hate Patrick Kane, and it would never happen for all of the other reasons, too. Yeah. But, like, if he was on the Blues, I'd be like, holy crap, it's Patrick Kane, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, this is the best version of anything we've ever had. Well, maybe, maybe he really just loves Brandon Saad, and he's <laughs> like, whatever. He goes, go. he goes uh, up to Davidson, he's like, we need Brandon Saad back <laughs> again. And they go, we can't, we can't get him, man. They're not then trading send him. me there. Yeah, I need to see my boy Brandon. Uh, so Connor McDavid did a thing that was pretty... Uh, Wow, it was, I'll tell you what, I have gotten recently, what's the word for gambling addiction? Addicted? I guess, <laughs> I guess that's the word. No, I have Is that re- crippling <laughs> I wouldn't call it crippling. You can still walk, folks. Disabling, but not crippling. Uh, no, I've, I've done some uh, DraftKings hockey, like, fantasy lineups lately. I'm very bad at them. Um, but I start Connor McDavid almost every time he's available because he's Connor McDavid. It's probably a bad strategy. There are probably people out there right now listening thinking, you idiot. Uh, but I do it all the, all the same. And he, him scoring like 
28 points was my only chance at winning on this particular night. Uh, and uh, I was watching the game. The, the cool thing about it is it like gives me a real reason to watch and care about hockey games that I might might you know otherwise turn on but kind of tune out yeah. or whatever I watch with a little more investment. And so I was watching him carry the puck in the neutral zone live on Friday night or whenever this was. And I I just had that feeling that he was going to do something special, but I could not have imagined how special. And I screamed so loud that people checked on my well-being. <laughs> uh, I yelped. I think yelping would be the right word. It was more like, a, ah! Um, it was, I would say, probably the most ridiculous goal I've ever seen. Maybe the OV um, falling, falling down, sliding into the boards goal is, is better than this. But there are few. There are very mm. few and far between. It was truly insane and sensational. Um, everyone on the ice for the Rangers should have been immediately fired. Like, I I know he's Connor McDavid, but there's still five of you. Take a hooking call if you need to. Right. I was like, you can't, Do anything. You can't touch a stick. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. It was really weird. I'm like, this feels like crazy, but also feels like these guys are bad. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely bad, for sure. But um, what are your thoughts? It was insane. It was definitely... One of his best, if not his best. I think this one and the one where he burns Morgan Riley are like 1A and 1B for me. Because I just think they're different. This one, he's obviously going through four people, but it's a lot more of the stick handling. Yeah. I think the Morgan Riley one is like almost like watching a video game player. That's <laughs> like, or like, you know, one of those players is like a 99 because you like put in a cheat code or whatever. And he's against like a 72 overall. And you're like, yeah, I guess I'll just like skate around you and you look like you're in mud he does things that are insane he's got like 26 points the, at this point in the season like the he's Riley on pace one, which i'm rewatching. Yeah. he also does like and tucks it back around the goalie mm. as he's skating in front of him oh. sorry i was like it's it's nasty that one i don't want to take any away from this one but yeah i had to go back and watch the riley one i was like oh i still think this one might be number one because he just burns them it's yeah it's, and that's like a good defenseman. Yeah, right. Just like, and it's in so little space, too. It's not like he has half the rink to burn him. He does it like inside the zone. That's got to be hard. That's got to be like being an Olympian. But like, <laughs> being Connor McDavid has to be hard. <laughs> well, like if you're like the other guy, you're like an Olympian. You're an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. And you're in the eighth lane. But there's this other guy that's also an Olympic swimmer, and he's Michael Phelps, and he finished like 50 seconds ahead mm -hmm. of you, and you're like, we're both the best yeah <laughs> but this guy is a robot right. or whatever and you're just like how how can all eight of us be the best but you're this much better than the rest of us yeah i've asked this question to some friends and maybe you recently but like there's obviously like a ridiculous skill gap between random guy at local beer league and the worst player in the nhl mm -hmm. whoever that is i don't want to name any names uh, Oliver Ekman Lars. <laughs> a huge gap. Random between... name generator. <laughs> yeah. That's just I just picked a Swedish sounding name. I mean yeah. nobody'd have three names. <laughs> um That's how you can be sure to use it. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, huge skill gap between uh Jeff Gift Jeff at his beer league and Zach Cassian. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry, Jack Zach Cassian. The gap isn't as big as it should be. Zach, do better. Um, but um 
is that gap bigger, the gap between Zach Cassian and, and Gift Jeff? Is that bigger than the gap between Zach Cassian and his teammate Connor McDavid? Right. Because I would argue it's not as much bigger as we might think it is. Like, Connor McDavid is not human. He is the best player. He is, he is the most gifted player to ever play hockey. He's not the most accomplished yet or the, mm. or the greatest yet. Because, you know, if greatest is a, defined by your achievements and your accomplishments, but he is the most sensational athlete to ever play hockey. And he literally made the entire opposing team just look like the peewee kids they let onto the rink at Enterprise Center right. during intermission, you know? It was just like where Louie's out there with a broomstick fielding <laughs> the puck if it goes too far because it'll take him five minutes to skate. Dude. I always wonder, too, about like when they were talking about leading up to the 2015 draft and it's like, hey, this guy's like a franchise game changer. He's like a league game changer. Uh-huh. Did they and, even realize? Well, that's the thing is like they said that they don't say that. They haven't said that about anyone else. Yeah. Like, as close as they've come is, Probably like, Austin Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. But even even he's been like, oh, he's really, really good. He's an elite player, but he's not, like, going to change the NHL yeah. on this fundamental level. But anyways, <laughs> it always makes me wonder, what was he like playing junior? Yeah. That you watch this kid play, or even, like, Bantam or Midget or whatever, and you watch him play, and you're like, this kid's going to destroy adult <laughs> humans. He had so much acne. Right? Like, it's, that. he's got to have had, like, 300 points in like yeah. junior or whatever and been like oh yeah they said he can't skate with the puck for more than five seconds they made a rule otherwise <laughs> he's just gonna like destroy these kids he was exceptional right he 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 received exceptional oh, status I feel like he got it he must have let's see if John Tavares does you he do. joined the Erie Otters in 2012-13 he was born in 1997 so that uh, that would put him in exceptional status he scored What's this? This is an ad. How do you close? <laughs> he scored 66 points in 63 games in the OHL as a 16-year-old mm-hmm. and then scored uh, 14 points in seven games at the under-18 World Juniors. Uh, oh, the following year, 99 points in 56 games in the OHL, but just four points in seven games in the World Juniors at the 20-year-old level. And then the following year, 120 points in 47 games, 49 points in 20 playoff games, and 11 points as the alternate captain, you wouldn't want to go too far, of Canada's World Junior Team in seven games. And then he was drafted to the Oilers. He uh, played 45 games, got 45 po- 48 points. And uh, got nine points in ten games at the World Championship that year. And from there, it's been 100-point seasons all the way down. Except the first COVID-shortened one where he only had 64. But He's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak, man. He's, I mean, he's, what, is it 23 points in 11 games? So he's on pace for, I don't even know what is that, 82 times 23 divided by 11. 171 points. Yeah. Wow. And he's going to do it, too. Good. I mean, he won't probably hit 170, but 150, I think he'll smash fast as long as he stays healthy. I think they talked this on a couple different podcasts um, this week, but like, do you think the Oilers, especially now with Vegas struggling and possibly missing the playoffs, too, 
Obviously, the Oilers could easily win the division, but do you think they make it out of the first round? Do you think they make it out of the second round? Like, they really should. And they talked about how McDavid seems like he's on an even crazier level this mm-hmm. year, and maybe it's because even though the team's not perfect, they are better. I mean, they are 9-1 and one right now, Ooh. so it's like... If he sees that and he believes that he's going to go, oh shit, well I guess if I just try my hardest, maybe we'll actually win the cup because we have some like competent humans around me. If any player can single-handedly win a Stanley Cup, it is Connor McDavid. But if they're, I mean, I just, no, I don't think the officiating's going to change. Yeah, that's so hard. And, he, and the thing is, it's not like he sucks because he can't overcome that obstacle. It's that the other team literally gets to cheat to slow him down. Mm. And the refs are just like, oh, well, it's the playoffs. I mean, it's, the NHL really ought to send a memo to their officials and be like, you know, I don't, I, I hated this when Elliot Freeman said it. And I don't. I don't think they should call more penalties because he's Connor McDavid. Yeah. I'm just saying there are more penalties to be called because he's Connor McDavid and you have to call some of them. Right. <laughs> you know? That's the thing is like they're like if someone if the argument is, well, that's unfair because the only way we can stop him is by hooking him and blah, blah, blah. Then you don't get to stop yeah, him. Yeah, then I guess he's just really good and you lose. Yeah. Like, I get I get that sucks. I don't want to lose either. But like that's part like that's part of the thing. It's like if Michael Jordan's like so good, like and I you know what am I supposed to do? I, I all I can do is foul him. Like yeah, that's the point. And then you that's, foul him. That's all you can do, and uh, that sucks to suck. But you ran into a freaking like unstoppable force. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is a different team on the power play than at even strength. Even still, mm. their power play is converting at like forty percent. And how could it not be? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down to what they do in the playoffs as far as if they actually call some penalties on them. There's a, I guess, I don't even know if it's sort of like a real rumor, but there's thought that they might go after Flurry because they do, they are nine and one, but they do need goaltending. Mm, you don't like the Miko Koskinen, Stuart Skinner, Mike Smith <laughs> trio trio. Oh God. I would never feel confident with any one of those three in the playoffs. I don't care who I have in front of them. I will say, I do want to say a uh, shout out to Jesse Puyarvi, who is both a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also just like, what a story, Mark. Who would have thought three years ago that he would end up just happily being an Edmonton right. Oiler? I was like, that dude's I guess on play, again. I guess playing with Connor McDavid can cure a lot of what ails, you know? But, um, cool, he's been great. Uh, Kaylor Yamamoto's been okay. Uh, you know. uh, Duncan Keith, he sucks. He's real bad. Who, who was it? Didn't somebody just absolutely railroad him the there, other day? There's like two or three instances this year of him just getting... Turnstiled or just run over. Uh huh. It was like a shark or somebody. I swear it was a shark. Oh, it was a shark. Yeah, it was a shark for sure. Um, uh, yep. You can't fix that. You can't fix that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a bad. All right, uh, Braden Shin updates. You want to talk about Braden Shin updates now as we transition to the blues? I, I mean, I don't want to, but I will. Uh, Armstrong, I think, had some availability today, and he talked about a few of the injured players, gave some updates on them. Armstrong on Shen said that he's day-to-day still. He's been at the rink. I think he was on the ice today. He's getting closer, but still just day-to-day. Uh, asked about LTIR for Shen. He said, not at this point. He looks like he's getting closer to playing. We're hoping that's not going to be necessary. Um... And then on if he believed it would be more serious, he said, not from what our doctors and what our training staff told me, really what it was. 
Uh, so basically, at his little side, he was <laughs> injured in the Sharks game in the first period. And then he got sent home like the next day, and so that's never good, mm. or that doesn't look good because it's like, oh, well, this is serious. There's no point in him being here. So basically, Armstrong was saying, uh, really, what it was, he wasn't going to play those two games. So instead of carting him around the country, let's just get him back, get him rested. Uh, have him see our doctors and hopefully get ready for when he returns. As I said, I think he was on the ice today, so he's getting closer, but just the thought of if he wasn't going to play in those games, there's no sense having, having him travel with us. That wasn't easy travel, which is fair. I mean, they were going to San Jose just to Anaheim, and then it was Anaheim up to Winnipeg, and then Winnipeg to St. Louis. So that's, that's kind of understandable, but yeah, I'm happy to hear that he's not. A uh, long-term injured guy because that would have been real bad. Yeah, that would have been bad. I don't like the NHL. Please read this next quote about Oscar Sundquist. <laughs> uh, and please read it word for word. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Sunquist update. Army said on Sunquist, he's gone from week to week, I would say, to getting closer to day to day. Hopefully we'll see him in the next little while again. It's just the comfort level of banging now <laughs> and practicing and getting pushed on. I certainly see light at the end of the tunnel. Ah, uh, he's just got to get comfortable with the banging again. <laughs> and the pushing, and the, and the banging pushing, and the pushing. Banging and pushing, and practicing, and getting pushed on, and pushing, and receiving the push, and hey, yikes. So, good news on the injury front. Yeah. Bad news oh, no. on the youth front, because Uh-oh. Jake Neighbors was sent down to the WHL today. Surprised, I am surprised. The Blues have some cap issues. Uh, Neighbors has received some kind of limited role minutes in his nine-game trial. I'm surprised if this is the way it was going to go that they didn't like stretch it out a little more and try right. and get him, you know, sit sat for a few more games. But I guess maybe they would have liked to and just didn't have that option with how shorthanded the roster is right now. Anyway. Um, A little bit of a disappointment. Armstrong said, What we need to do is make sure we're giving him the ability to create a foundation to have a solid career. Last year, because of COVID, he didn't get to play a lot of hockey. We don't want him to miss any steps in his growth. I think going back and being a leader on his junior team, playing well and getting an opportunity to represent Canada and the world juniors if asked, that's a big step. And he will be asked because I'm the general manager of Team Canada. And I say so. Uh, I think he could have survived this year, but when you have a prospect you're going to count on for more than that, I think surviving isn't enough. It was important for us to maybe bite the bullet this year as far as our team to give him the best chance to have the best career. We didn't want to be penny-wise and pound-foolish. Ooh, good expression. He could have stayed with us and continued down the path of being in and out of the lineup with limited minutes, but I just didn't think that was smart for the medium and long-term plans for our organization. Baruby added... Overall, I think he did really well. He's the smart player that I've always said. He's killed penalties uh, for us in these games, done a great job. He scored a goal. He's around the puck all the time, has a nose for the puck. This is all going to be a learning process for him, a kid that young, that young coming into the league. Now, am I correct in saying that he now cannot return to the team after his WHL season is done? Uh, I can't remember. I think I that may be a weird stipulation with this. But if it's not, great. Because he could be the kind of guy that comes back for the stretch run and gets... Um, maybe it, maybe he can't without burning a year of his ELC. Maybe that's it. But mm. um, maybe that would be worth doing, depending on what the team looks like then. Uh, I would say I was caught a little off guard, a little surprised by this news. How about yourself? Yeah, I 
kind of felt like it, at least after last game, just because they mentioned it was the ninth game and you also only had like six minutes of playing time mm-hmm. yesterday, I want to say, something like that. Um, granted, that was also like the, the state of the game, which we'll get to eventually. But yeah, it felt like they were given a little less time. Uh, I think he's looked fine out there every time I've seen him. I get he's, he's made a couple errors of not getting the puck in deep. I think that's literally the only things I've seen, you know, coughing the puck up here and there like anybody else. But it's there's been no egregious errors, so I thought that was really good. I think the one nice thing about this is just that you have a prospect that played time up here, looked like he belonged here, and it's just nice to have somebody that you can kind of look at and be like, okay, you'll be on this team mm-hmm. or whatever. Because sometimes I'm looking at Nikita Alexandrov or Huma Gang or any of these people, I'm like, so are you going to be a blue or are you not going to be a blue? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not sure. We'll see, I guess. But with Zach- someone like Zachary Neighbors. Bullduck already a bust. Yeah, Bullduck. Bullduck bust, baby. I think he's actually been pretty good in the team this year. But, <laughs> but yeah, like that's what I mean. Like it's just nice to see use side beam that you have a guy that can that can play at this level, and <laughs> it helps that Baruby likes him a lot. He's scored 17 points in 14 games this year with the Quebec Rim Parts, uh, which sounds impressive. But let us remind you that Justin Horniker's cat can score 17 points yeah. in 14 games in the QHH. While sleeping. That's right. And that's all Demetra does is sleep, which is the cat's name. So it fits. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is ultimately fine for Jake Neighbors. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to break into the, you know, top six and play big minutes every night and score 15 goals this year. Um, So, you know, letting him dominate in the WHL, uh, I think it's fine. Letting him be presumably a leader in the world juniors i love the world juniors and it'll be nice to have like a a top prospect right. for the blues to watch again maybe a couple if bulldog makes it and um man your costin and thomas and Cairo were all in juniors that was, that was so much yeah. so much fun yeah so you know it's it's upsetting but i think it's it's fine in the grand scheme of things what i'm less fine with is this quote from Lou korak today who asked doug armstrong about scott perunovich and if he's close to moving up to the blues or is it best to let him play keep playing and putting up numbers in the ahl he said i think that he's getting certainly closer to getting up here his point totals are off the charts obviously in the american league for a rookie defenseman but again, he's playing lots of minutes. He's touching every aspect of the team down there. I don't think he's going to dot, dot, dot. Certainly not hurting his development by playing lots of minutes and playing games right now. He hasn't played a lot of hockey over the last couple of years, but if he continues like this at some point, you just have to tip your hat and give him the opportunity. It's not going to be for a little while, but it's not something that we're saying, okay, we'll see where he is a year from now. So kind of a mixed message there. <laughs> I do like we're not gonna bring him up. We're not gonna not bring him up. <laughs> Listen, Lou, when it's a story, when there's a story to break, I'll call Jeremy. All right, yeah. next. Um, <laughs> That's why Lou's so angry. I I struggle with this. I really do because we'll talk about it. I don't think the team is particularly good right now. They were red hot to start the season. Three, two, and one in their last six. That's that's over five hundred. That's oh, that's even over real five hundred. That's a regular ass. Kind of. No, five hundred. It is at real five hundred. Ah, I just, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think the team is bad. I'm not trying to say that. It's just like, is the team as good as it could be? No. Does it need to be more creative at five on five? Yes. Does it need better power play help? Yes. Can Scott Perunovich do all those things? Yes. Is the defense great? No. Are there spots on the defense that could be filled by a top young prospect? Yes. Is losing Nico Mikola or Jake Wallman going to be a tragedy that destroys your team? No. So like. What is the argument for keeping him down there? If it's cap issues, I always love when GMs say, well, it's, you know, it's the salary cap. What am I going to do? And it's like, manage the salary cap. Yeah, right. That's what you're going to do. I'm you know? painting myself into a corner. Yeah, give yourself $500,000 of space. And it's like, well, but then I wouldn't be spending every dollar I can. And it's like, no, but then you could spend those dollars all the way that you could on Scott Perunovich, you moron, you know? You shouldn't have given them them bonuses. Maybe yeah, that's your problem. That's right. So it's just, it's one of those things where, again, it's it's like kind of the opposite of the neighbors thing, even though it's sort of the same, where it's like, I don't think he's being harmed by being in the AHL necessarily, yeah. but I don't think he's growing there either. And a lot of people are like, well, he's got to prove himself in the AHL, he's got to play big minutes, and it's like, How? How, do, how What could he possibly do that two points per game for like a month mm-hmm. can't? I think he stays on that pace and we'll obviously have some injuries. I think we'll see Scott Prunovich up here before uh, the new year. I think we'll see him in 2021. Yeah. That's my prediction. Just that uh, Armstrong is too scared to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've always said. Doug Armstrong, big old scaredy cat. Agreed. Agreed. Much like our listeners. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's Scott Perunovich. Ian, we do have some Blues games to cover, but do you have any thoughts about goaltender interference or anything that you'd like oh, yes. to cover in the in their interim, or do you want to close with that? Um. <laughs> yeah, let's close with that. He's closing with it, everybody. He's closing with it. Uh, all right, then uh, let's talk about the Blues versus the San Jose Sharks, a 5-3 to three win. Hofer got his first NHL start. Hey! Joe Topher Hofer. That's right, Jofer Topher The lines were Saad Shin Peron, fine. Kairu Thomas Tarasenko, fine. The Russian line of Kostin Barbashev and Buchnevich, and neighbors Bozak Neal. You know, as shorthanded as we are, those are four pretty real believable in HR. I really lines. need us to get is there like a Garyanov? Isn't there yeah. like a guy for Dennis Dallas? Garyanov? We need that guy up here. We need a Kostin Barbashev Garyanov. We need the KBG line. <laughs> uh how do you feel about that Russian line? I, I you like I it? You like fun. it? They're fun. They're fun. They're fun. They can I, they can speak the language the to each other. I am I think we're kind of underrating how much Clem Costin has found a role this season. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we've been shorthanded and stuff, but, like, I really thought he had the chance of, like, being in the AHL and staying there. Permanently. <laughs> and going back to Russia. So the fact that he's found a consistent role, I think he looks really good. He doesn't look like, you know, a game-breaker necessarily, but I think he's looked solid and he's finding his footing and he's found a couple points here and there. And, mm. you know, so I'm excited about that. Buchnevich is looking better. I think he's, I've always thought that he's just going to, it's just going to look preposterous how bad we stole him in a, in, by the end of the season or a couple of seasons from now. I mean, that trade is... He's heating back up. That trade pretty much can't look good 
for the you know Rangers unless they draft like a David Posternock with their right. second draft. That's what, pick. that's what I kept thinking when most Rangers fans seemed like they were sad that he was getting moved. But there was obviously there's always a few that were like, "Well, I never really liked him in the first place." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Okay, that's fine." But did you really think the exchange of Sammy Blay and a second round pick <laughs> was like really good for you? Because to me, that's still like even if you don't like him, you can you saw that he gets points. It very, you know what I mean? It's like. This car sucks, but I know it's a classic, so I'm still going to sell it for buku dollars. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. I yeah, I, I feel for uh, Rangers fans. It seemed like most of them really liked the guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, yeah, I like it. I did not like that Britt Burns opened the scoring in the power play seven minutes in, but then we got a shorthanded goal from Brandon Saad, and all was well again. But then Logan Couture scored a goal shorthanded, and it was bad. Uh was this right around when Shin hit the boards hard? Oh, no, this was the game after he actually hit the boards hard, mm-hmm. right? But he left the Probably game early after, like, it. one shift and uh, did not come back, so the lines got all mixed up. They got all flubbed. Um, in the second period, Vucinavich scored his second of the season. Barbashev and Kofstin got points. That was a good goal. Nick Merkley, which I can't, honest to God, can't remember... It looks like he's wearing a, a coyote sweater, so he's the less good Merkley. Scored a goal uh, with Ferraro and Burns assisting. Brandon Saad then equalized with his second goal in the game. Thomas and Perron. Then James Neal scored, and then Robert Thomas. He scored his first goal of the season in uh, the third period in the empty netter to get, seal the victory. I moved through kind of fast. But I didn't have strong feelings about this game. It was a win. It was cool to see us kind of rally back and keep in it and and get Joel Ho for his first win. He even got his first NHL point on the mm-hmm. empty net goal. Uh, and you know, I thought it looked pretty good. I think you know, for for a young kid who wouldn't have probably expected to start the NHL this year to come up and be adequate, keep you in a game against the team that while I don't think they actually are good, has been pretty good so far this season. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel overall pretty, pretty great about it. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I, I like that some of our new guys are, are producing. Saad's producing. He's, he's been hot like this whole week. Same with Buchnevich. Um, Like we said, I really like that Russian line. It got broken up, I think in this last game here, but I've liked what they've, what they've had, what they've brought. I've sneakily liked James Neal's game, like I think him on the fourth line, he just knows what his role is and he goes right to the net, but he has enough skill that like if he's got open ice or has like an open area that he's getting passed to, he can he can score like that too. He doesn't have cement hands or whatever. So I've I've liked what I've seen of him too, um, in the little bit of time that he's been here. So uh, the new guys, the new guys are getting it done. Uh, you know, and the, you gotta have that when someone like Cairo or whoever who has looked good. Has you know gone? I don't want to say cold, but you know mm-hmm. has has slowed down Less a tad. Red hot, yeah. yeah, still hot. Although still always night. hot. Oh, he's yeah. very hot. Um, he's not actually. He's got kind of a kid face still. But maybe he'll grow. Into <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, he's no James Neal, is all I'm saying. Yeah, he's not the real deal. No. But yeah, I, I thought the game overall was really good. Um, you're on the road. We just lost to L.A. in the shootout. I want to mm-hmm. say. And that game was kind of rough. So it was nice to see them bounce back. I like these Sharks third jerseys. They're like the black jerseys, mm-hmm. which they've always had a version of. But these are slightly different. Like they, 
I don't know. It, they're they're a little cleaner than some of their other black jerseys. I think they have a little more teal to them um, than some of their old ones that were just like straight black. I liked them. They're they're, they're good good stuff. I don't know what to think about the Sharks this year. They feel um, how I would normally describe the Calgary Flames, where I'm like, this is a team that could this do stuff. <laughs> they could win games you don't think they should win, and then they'll lose games they definitely should win. So uh, even though they've had a pretty good start. I, I see them uh, slowing down a bit here. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to. Uh, Who's their goalie? Who'd we face? Aiden Hill? Was this Aiden Hill? I believe he tried to fight Jake Neighbors for a, a hot second. Reminded me of the Robbie Fabry, um, Corey Crawford bit. <laughs> Which we've now mentioned two weeks yeah. in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, overall good. Hofer, uh you said here one of only four other goalies in the history of the NHL who won and earned a point in their first start. Yeah. And all of the other three Hall of Famers. So I don't know if that's true. One, yeah. one of the other ones, Roy Donk. <laughs> God, Roy Donk was a stud. He was the, you know, uh, innovator of the butterfly style. You mm. know? So the tuck tuck style, as they called it back in the He's day. He's got freak lips. <laughs> Out of the context, that ain't okay. It's barely okay in context. Uh, His mouth! <laughs> uh, Ian, walk us through this loss to the Anaheim Ducks, why don't you? <laughs> barely. Uh, O'Reilly was back, so that's probably the only positive about this game, quite honestly. Uh, that was cool. Uh, already straight to the negatives. Krug was placed on the COVID protocol list. Uh, Having so his best season with the Blues so far. I mean, there have only been two. But playing his best yeah. hockey with the Blues so far. I mean, yeah, he had some... He had a really good game with, against the Sharks. And then I think the game before LA, we played LA, which might have been also against LA. I can't remember. He's had some really good games. Um, but yeah, Krug's on protocol list. They called Rosen up. Kelly Rosen. Sounds like the Blues wanted to call it Prunovich, but they couldn't because of bonuses and would have had to pay or would have been over the cap, which is lame and stuff. I think this is insinuated by Armstrong. They're like, we were trying. We were trying so hard and we get it to work. I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. Uh, Bennington back in net. Lines were the same as the last game. I think they changed up the pairings to Walman Pareko, Scandella Falk, and Rosen Bortuzzo. Uh, Brandon Saad scores in the first period, his fourth of the season. I will say real quick, Cali yeah. Rosen, the kind of player that I hoped would never play a game for the St. Louis Blues, is like, you know, all right. Yeah. For like a 12th defender playing in the NHL out of desperation, he's been fun. I can't remember which goal it was. I'm surprised we didn't call up Steven Santini, Blues Blues veteran Steven Santini. <laughs> I was going to say, I think it's on the second goal, or this first goal by the Ducks, uh, Sam Carrick in the mm-hmm. second period, that... Callie Rosen looked bad because I'm pretty sure Sam Carrick is like in front of the net. And I thought it was maybe the steel one. Or is it the, or right. the steel? Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them where Callie Rosen like is right there and does nothing, like mm-hmm. doesn't tie up his stick at all and it's a deflection in. And I was like, Yeah, so I mean, good. he hasn't looked incredible. Look, he's bad. He's a very <laughs> bad player. Um, I'm just saying he's no Oliver Ackman Larson. He's no Roy know. Donk. Oliver Yuckman Larson. <laughs> Got it. Don't yuck my yum. Moving on. No. It's 1-1. Third period is a train wreck. Mm. Uh, Troy Terry scores. Sam Steele scores. And Benoit? Is that how you say that name? It's not Benoit. Uh, yeah, that's Benoit. You're correct. Benoit Oliver 
Gruel? Uh, yeah, Benoit Olivier Gruel. Oh, jeez. It's probably like Gruel. The whole thing. Okay, I'm out. I'm right out. <laughs> you ever think about Bog, it? the bog. <laughs> Has anyone ever said Gravois mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. But it's Gravois, but it really should be Gravois. Because mm-hmm. I watch enough British Bake Off where they talk about the Bavois. Yeah. I have some, I have a, or a Bomb Marie that they cook over. Mm. I have a real, like, I, I truly believe this about St. Louis French. It's like, it's always exactly halfway. Yeah. It should be the French thing. Yeah. But if you read it just in, like, English lettering, you'd say it. An even worse way, and we always search for a middle path. Right. So instead We're close of, instead of gravois or gravois, it's gravoy. Um, there's like another one. There are a couple other examples that I can't think of right now, but you know, instead creve core is another example where it's like, I guess creve core is pretty much just straight reading it. But why would you name an area like Broken Heart? Because the story of the Native American who's wife died in the creek or whatever this what? whole thing really yeah wow i don't know jack shit about three four i think i believe so i believed uh, it at the time <laughs> i was told by a very reputable bridge person uh let's see history the name creep core heartbreak is said to derive from creep core lake according to the city's website the tale goes that the lake formed itself into a broken heart after an Indian princess's unrequited love for a French fur trapper led her to jump from a ledge overlooking the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Written accounts and archaeological finds show that Native Americans inhabited the Creve Corps area from 9500 BC, that's not a real time, to 1800 AD. What what happened in 1800 AD? No, 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 uh... They no left. Proof. They left. No proof they just of got purchase. Up and left. They just they just walked away of their own free will. Um, yeah, yeah. French explorers and all that. That's the rest of that. That's the rest of it. Lewis and Clark came through Creve Corps. No, thank you. Um, Those people walk down like down Olive Boulevard. That's crazy. That's crazy to think about. So anyway, yeah, that's the history of Creve Corps. Now you know. You ever think about how you're living history and people in 100 years are like, what was it like Yeah. in the year 2021? That's like, just this. It was just this. <laughs> like in my brain, I'm thinking back, like, wow, this is crazy. Like, no, dude, it's just this. <laughs> I saw, um, you know, there's this very famous scene in Doctor Who where they like take Vincent Van Gogh oh, yeah, or yeah, Vincent yeah. Van Gogh, as they say over there to the future and he like sees an exhibit with his his art in it and doctor who asks a um like a museum curator played by bill nye played excellently by bill nye to like describe how important van gogh is and he gives this beautiful soliloquy about like you know the greatest painter of all time no one's ever captured raw emotion on canvas like this before all that stuff i always i watched that scene today because i stumbled across it on youtube and it's obviously very touching and beautiful and well done but there is a part of me that's like dude you are not traveling to the future and believing anything that's happening to you you know (laughs) i don't get like you would have to be so convinced of the concept before your travel to the future and even still you'd be like why is it 70 degrees 
in this room when it's 90 degrees outside? <laughs> Why is everybody dressed like this? Who's this guy? Why does he look like Bill Nye? Bill Nye was alive when I was alive. Yeah, so how's he still alive? Yeah, this museum's know? like high tech and shit. There's like a door slit yeah. open. I'm like, is that a laser in front of my painting? What is <laughs> no, a laser? Yeah, no, no, How no. Does you, that got, work? you gotta listen to this guy who's talking about your paintings. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna go touch this painting that I painted and I'm gonna get shot. <laughs> Uh, starry starry night i remember painting that and then it gets shot and then the painting just fades from existence that's what you killed yeah you're happy also wouldn't you have to like bring him at the very end of his life after everything was painted for him to not right. go back in time and then fuck up the Is that that painted i painted this one yeah oh, damn. Oh, shit. i'm trying to remember how i painted that and then it's like all wrong and you look at it and you come to the museum the next day and you're like what happened he's inside out yeah also last thing i'll say about this very random doctor who scene which is like all of the doctor who i've ever watched which isn't a shot of doctor who i'm sure sure it's cool but uh, bill nye kind of looks at because he like weeps breaks down crying and hugs him and when he walks off bill bill nye kind of gives this look like that couldn't have been Vincent Van Gogh, could it? Uh-huh. Have? And I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> I mean, come on. Have you ever seen someone that looks a little <laughs> like Hitler? And did you ever think, "Holy shit, that's fucking Hitler"? <laughs> I guarantee you that dude jumped in the time machine and is here right now. <laughs> I better kill him. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Do you know because we're talking about that scene? Does that full scene play? Mm-hmm. Did they like go back? Did they put him back in time? You know where he was before oh, no. and everything. Oh no, because like in the part I watch now. Oh, it just like ends all happy. Yeah. So he still goes back and kills just himself. kills himself. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's very interesting. I can't. I'm probably speaking out my butt, but I think it has like a really interesting commentary on like mental health or mm-hmm. something like that. Because they're like, yeah, but. I don't know. Some things are just really hard on people, or blah blah blah. And I was like, that's really interesting. I think that's. I think that's. Yeah. I don't know. That's still good to put yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a beautiful story about how like he was in so much pain, but his pain became the art. Yeah, that's what yeah. made him so magnificent. All of that's great. I'm just saying, if you analyze it like a practical <laughs> dick, like I just did, it's it starts to fall. It's falling apart, fall real, apart real quick. Yeah. The spider bit him, and now he can climb on walls. I don't Excuse think so. Excuse me. I don't fucking think so. Yeah. That what? dude's dead in a week. Why does Emma Stone even go to this high school? She's twenty-five and far too beautiful for this. No one even goes here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, that was the ducks game. Yeah, blues suck. Uh, one thing I want to point out is like. I noticed in this Ducks game that we were constantly on the perimeter. And the the advanced stats, the quote-unquote advanced stats, bet that out because we had... God, we look so bad in this game. Six high-danger chances to the Ducks, 13 at 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, we had more of the course before, but honestly, I don't think it mattered because we just didn't use like the entire center of the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty shitty, i got to say. Yeah, we looked so bad in that game. We arguably looked worse in the Jets game, but we won it. So, you know, you know, give yourself a pound of it. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, the SOP line, the standard operating procedure line is uh, back. That is, they are very standard operating. procedure, though. No flash, no, no style, no sizzle. Um, 
Kairu T Thomas Tarasenko, you down with KTT? Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, the Kostin Barbashev Buchnevich line. Uh, oh man, did you when you said the Gurianov thing? Yeah. Did you say KVG? Was yeah. that okay? I missed that point. part. I'm so sorry. I was, was like, whole point. I was, I'm so sorry. My brain broke. I was like, why is he? Why Denis Gurianov specifically? Now I get it. You're a brilliant man. And I apologize for being a terrible co-host. And Neighbors in his final NHL game ever, probably. He's a bust. <laughs> Playing on the fourth line with Bozak and Neil. Scandella Pareko, Walman Falk, Rosen Bortuzzo. Bortuzzo, who is very good. He's not good. But he's, I look at, I, I want, here, I'm going to be honest with the fans. I want, <laughs> bring bring the heat. I want Robert Bortuzzo to be bad so that I can say, get Robert Bortuzzo's old bitch ass out of here. <laughs> and then I look up his charts and his XGA is always very strong for a third line defenseman. Mm-hmm. He brings nothing else to the team. Of course not, because he's Robert Bortuzzo. He does go to some slick bakeries from yeah. time to time and stands next to some pretty neat people when he's there. But um, I was far away. Stands far away from some pretty neat people while he's there. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, let the stats tell your story unless uh, instead of, you know, drawing random conclusions. Jamie Rivers was on commentary. I thought he was passable. Right. You're filling some very, I think they even said on the shoot, on the uh, broadcast, I think he even said, I'm filling some very big shoes here. Not big shoes, because they're Darren Pang. So metaphorically. Rip. Um, but uh, Pavel Buchnevich opened the scoring on the power play. Really nice play. Kairu skated to the puck in the jet zone. Uh, skates the puck into the jet zone. Dropped the puck to his left for Buchnevich. And Buchnevich went five hole on a hellebuck. An embarrassment to America. <laughs> An embarrassment to Commerce, Michigan. They have some. They had an interview with Buchnevich after this game, and he said a lot of funny little things in his dry uh, Russian accent. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he said was that he was like, "Yeah," when they're talking about his goal, he's like, "Yeah, I tried to go over glove, uh, kind of rolls off my stick, and I just lucky it goes by the ball." And uh, he was because this is a really shitty goal for Hellebuck. I was like, yeah. "Oh boy, baby, no." Yeah, not great. Uh, what there are four states you can come from. If you're a, uh, an American hockey player, those are obviously Minnesota, yeah. Michigan, um, Pennsylvania, and New York. Those were the four. Massachusetts. And, oh, Massachusetts, too. You're right. And then there's the one random Arizona and some Floridas. But that mm. is actually... <laughs> what about Chesterfield? No. Yeah, yeah. I was being... It was a joke, Ian. I'm, it's dead. It's dead. You can come from anywhere. People... Uh, every walk? day, Commerce, Michigan. Oh, you saw this. Every day when you're walking down the street, all the people that you meet, something. I Commerce, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is off the rails. Neil Pionk gets his second goal of the season, assisted by Toninato and Svechnikov. I don't know what a Toninato is. I know, this is all messed up because I'm like. Evgeny Svechnikov or whoever, what's his name? What's his actual name? Sergei. What's the Carolina uh, guy? Uh, uh, this is this is the this is Evgeny. Okay, what's the Carolina Andre. guy? Andre. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I didn't know Svechnikov. This Svechnikov moved to the Jets, though. I thought of him as a Red Wing. Um, Pionk did a little spin at the blue line, shook off Kairou, shoots the puck through traffic, and scores with the puck deflecting off Scandella's junk. Uh, 
Whereupon Jamie Rivers said nothing but net. But it's not. That's not true. It's Gandalf's junk. Right, dick. right. Um, do you remember Bortuzzo scored a goal off of uh, a ref's junk? Yeah. Did they count that? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I couldn't remember. Pretty sure. Was that against Luongo? Yeah, I think. So. Why does that make it feel like that was thousand years ago? ago? Dude, do you ever think about how long Robert Bortuzzo has been on this team? If Pol- no wait. I Wait. think he is the no. If uh, sorry, that's it. If Tarasenko leaves, I don't count when you get drafted as you're being on right. the Blues. It's like when you start playing on this team. Bortuzzo would be the longest tenure blue no, if Tarasenko no, we leaves. Ha- we have to trade them together. <laughs> we must trade them together. Do you know? Do you know if you get rid of Pareko, then I think it's like Sunquist or Shen. Like Robert. Thomas. Yeah, it's like it's like it gets to like immediate where I'm like, but those guys. But Robert Thomas has been here for like four, four years, years now. Yeah. I'm like, what? Ooh, I don't like it. Mm-mm. I don't like it. I need every team needs to have that guy who's like at least mid tier. Shin is like okay, but it just in my, our lifespan it feels like he's been too long. But you've got to have like it can't be Robert Bortuzzo. You can't cling to Robert Bortuzzo for that long. I'm starting to feel a little old. I get this sounds silly for anyone who's older than us, but like a little old where like there's players that have been retired for a while and then uh, I forget about them. Like if I brought this up to someone who's like a new hockey fan, they wouldn't know who the fuck a Ryan Kessler is. Yeah. There was somebody I, I literally had this exact thought about recently and I can't remember. I'll see if it comes to me. But Oh, um, I was who retired the oh, other John day? John Michael Lyles. Oh yeah. I thought, <laughs> I was like, nobody knows who John Michael Lyles is. He's one of those players that when I first heard about him, it must have been like a really big game mm-hmm. for him. And I was like, this guy's good. Oh, yeah. And then like every <laughs> single game after that, it slowly faded. It's like, oh, no, that's just a player. You remember when he got traded at the Winter Classic <laughs> from a team playing in the Winter Classic? Like, see get that? Off. See that really cool arena out there? You don't get to play on it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the Blues outshot the Kings 17-5 to in the first period. With- if only it had. If only Whoa, it no, no. Blue, or sorry, off. I just said outshot. The Blues were outshot. Oh, 17-5 oh, by the Jets. Okay, that makes sense. That makes more sense. That yeah. didn't feel great. And I said the Kings, so that yeah. I was. I just. I was it. like, whoa. No, whoa, I blew whoa, it completely whoa. wrong. We're halvesies. Right. We're both halvesies. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take. I would like. I would like to take seventy percent. Okay. I would like to I'll bear that for you. What a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to be, but people can change. Yeah, they can. Uh, you think this is slick back? <laughs> this is pushed back. Uh, Barubi switched up the lines and moved Cairo to the uh, KVG line with no G and uh, now with a new K, a different K. Uh, and Costin, the Thomas Tarasenko line, I thought Costin looked pretty good out there. Yeah. Um, Wheeler uh, and... Morgan Stanley, <laughs> Logan Stanley. You're, I think that was close. <laughs> um, assisted Kyle Connor on his ninth goal of the season. You know what? I I did a DraftKings lineup this night. Oh uh, no! Yeah, I know. And it was folks. He is shaking. Here's the right thing: now. it he was shaking. It's debilitating. <laughs> I'm holding a box of germ, a bottle of Germex, and thinking about drinking it just to end the pain. <laughs> so the so in the book you show. All up I'm saying is, I specifically, I specific, it was purely a copium lineup for when the boys I assumed got ripped by the Jets, mm-hmm. which 
technically my my thinking was sound. But for Jordan Bennington, we should have lost this game like six to two. And I told my start to self to start Neil Pionk and or Kyle Connor, and I started neither. And instead, I started Connor Hellebuck, who ended up getting nothing because that schmuck lost on like twelve shots against. I really wanted to start Paul Stastny, but he was, of course, hurt. Um, <laughs> Kyle Connor is a pretty good player, um, so maybe don't let him just sit in the slot for half an hour. Was this in? Was this happening right after they pulled the puck out from under Bennington? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. I think there was a stop in Bennington, okay, okay. but uh, the rest have been not so great lately. Buchnevich was really good though. He did a, a he did a minimum a mini Connor McDavid skating the puck through the neutral zone and into the Zet, jet zone and crossing up a Jets defenseman, then getting the no look pass to Kairou, who shoveled the puck past Hellebuck. Uh, really like Buchnevich and Kairou together. You yeah, said that, yeah. so you make that. Point. I mean, they had Buchnevich and Kairou with Shen. I think at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. I liked them there too. I mean, they were both pretty hot to start the season. I think they only got broken up. Um, due to some of the other lines not necessarily working yeah. or, or protocols and what have you. So I'd like to see them back together again to start the game tomorrow against Nashville. Hopefully they, they keep them together. I think they work well off each other because they're both they're both skilled. Yeah. Um, but I also think they complement each other in the sense that Bushnevich is a little more of like a body body banger and mm-hmm. Kyrou's a little more of your stick handler and... Uh, Bushnevich seems to be able to drive drive uh, players to him and off of Kyrou and get Kyrou the puck. So it's 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 a good pair. Yeah, and I feel like uh, these are both higher skill guys than the Blues have typically had recently. So I think they go well together. And listen, Cali Rosen got the assist. Yeah. So all you people that took that big bet in Vegas on Cali Rosen getting a point for the St. Louis Blues this year paying off. Congratulations! Send some on money to Stevens. Millions of dollars. Yeah, because I, I need it. DraftKings. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be dramatic, but I am bankrupt. Have you seen Squid Game? You should do Squid Game. <laughs> Can you be addicted to other stuff, uh, folks? I'm kidding. It's very manageable. You'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I haven't finished it, but I think you'll be fine. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Uh, overtime. So we looked terrible through three periods. Yeah. And then overtime, we couldn't be touched. Now we didn't score, but we couldn't be touched. Mm-hmm. We outshot the Jets ten to one and had ninety two percent of the course before. We got booed some because we kept skating back to center ice. But that's how overtime. Works. That's how it works. Which is why the whole system is corrupt, and you need to change it. If you don't like a Jets fans, complain to Gary Batman. I'm yeah. sure he has a hotline for that. One eight hundred complain about the NHL's overtime system that is currently being used in the NHL.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're limited to a hundred characters, yeah. but use I, all of them. I have always really liked how one eight hundred flowers is a website like 1-800-Flowers.com. Oh, yeah. Like, that doesn't... It, like, when you really think about it, you're like, yeah, but no. But Imagine yeah, being but like, no. call call Google.com. Yeah. <laughs> call us at 1-800-Google.com. The Blues went into the um, shootout, which is an abomination. Uh, David Perron shot and saved. Kyle Connor shot and saved. Jordan Cairo missed the net. Pierre-Luc Dubois shot and saved. Vladimir Tarasenko missed the net. Hey, guys, maybe don't miss the yeah. net. Uh, Mark Scheifele got saved. Ryan O'Reilly with the best backhander in the business, making Chris Stewart look like Stuart Little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blake Wheeler uh, gets saved by Bennington, who was the real star in this game, saving 
33, uh, 41 shots against, so four, 39 of 41 shots, and all four shots faced in overtime. It was not a good look for the Blues, who surrendered 62% of the Corsi 4 uh, and 76% of the high danger chances, and 75%, almost 76% of the expected goals. Uh, but hey, they took a point. So, or two points. Excuse me, they took two points. Uh, so, all thanks point. to Bennington. And I want to say something. I thought about this today. Why don't we revere Jordan Bennington a little bit more in this town? Like, what? Because he's a big old meanie. I mean, part of it's because he's not a cardinal, right? If he was cardinal, like, we don't think of Jordan Bennington, who as opposed to David Freeze, has gone on to be a very good player for the organization, whereas David Freeze kind of flamed out pretty quick. No offense, he was great, but, you know, I'm not being unfair. Um, why don't we... I just don't... I was thinking about it today, and I was like, he isn't treated like a friggin' hero, mm-hmm. which he should be. The man literally is the reason we want to stand like cop. I know a lot of stuff went right. In that season. But he is the catalyst for everything that happened. You know? Right. So, like, why? Do you, I do think it's partially the attitude and the I, kind of, like, he's not very endearing. He's not very naturally <laughs> winsome or likable. Yeah, a little bit of an asshole, but, like, <laughs> he's our asshole. Um, everyone's right. got one. He's our psychopath. You know, I think part of it, too, is that blues fans, or maybe just hockey fans in general, but... Blues fans, I think, too. Like, what's our... Who's been this franchise's goalie, like, mm-hmm. in franchise history? Like, no one, right? Like, the fact that Brian Elliott has records is telling of yeah. the fact that we haven't had, like, really great goaltending history. Like, so, I'm sorry, with due respect to Brian Elliott yeah. and Jake Allen, they deserve no respect. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, it does make you kind of feel like maybe the other shoe's going to drop on him at any point in time, like... He hasn't been good in the playoffs uh, the last couple of seasons. And so people are like, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of the thing where it's like, as long as he won us the cup, I'm always like indebted to Jordan He's Bennington. also not like Cam Ward, though. He hasn't just been outright bad. His right. worst has still been like maybe slightly below average at his worst stretches. Mm. But like he's been pretty good in this season as a, a real resurgence now. You can argue he's playing up because he wants to get that big Canada spot. And maybe he's the kind of guy that really needs a chip on his shoulder to play his best. But that's not the worst thing. Yeah, it's fine. Keep finding ways for him to have chips and you're all right, you know? Well, he'll find ways. You gave him a chip on his shoulder last year with the uh, swagger comments that Craig Berube made. He had one when he played for the Cup, obviously. Like, maybe he needs one, and that's okay. Some some athletes are just motivated by that. You just have to find ways to give them one. Right. Um, and may I recommend buying a bag of Tostita? <laughs> to, to what are the... Which ones are the pizza rolls and which ones are the chips? Uh, Tostitos are the... Are Tostitos the, are the, the chips. chips, right? Totino pizza yeah. rolls. Tostitos Scoops, our sponsor for that. We should know the name, but they're our sponsor for this episode. I like Totino pizza a, rolls, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm just throwing that yeah, out there. Yeah, but do them in the oven. Take patience. Oh. Those, those are a lesson for children in the value of patience because <laughs> it's like night and day. 
There is there is something about the oven. Well, I know what it is. It's the fact that it crisps shit up. Uh-huh. Um, but like when people are like, I'm just going to throw that in the microwave. I'm like, I get that this is just crap food. But have some self-respect. <laughs> like, you know what? If Bagel bites in the microwave, you're a freak. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay would tell you to put those things in the oven. <laughs> put some salt and pepper and a little bit of olive oil on there. Some little, you know, drizzle some uh, some cheese on the outside. There you go. You got you got yourself a meal. Uh, Tostino is the only food that you can dump out of a bag and onto a onto a metal <laughs> sheet and just throw it in the oven. Yep. Yep. Do I need to put these all flat? No, no just leave them as a pile. It don't do matter. Whatever you want. It, there's literally no rules. <laughs> Totino's pizza rolls are the first thing that every American child learns to cook for themselves. Yeah, right. To a man. It's Easy Mac and Totino's pizza right. rolls, and that's the whole thing. Easy Mac. Easy Mac is kind of like the one where you're like, there's ingredients. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's ingredients. Easy Mac, though, you can, if you forget the water, which kids would do, you can burn up the microwave pretty bad. And if you aren't careful when you take it out, you can scald yourself pretty good because that water gets hot. Uh, <laughs> not that I've had both of these experiences in my life, but... Uh, yeah, so there's a lesson in uh, children's culinary... Uh, experiences brought to you by uh, Top Chef Junior. Yeah, so is this what they make? This is what they make on Top Chef Junior. Sponsor. You are a remarkable angel. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you donkey! <laughs> what are you? An idiot sandwich? That's right! You've seen those on me. Because they're great. I love them. We had that, uh, oh God, that's still one of the best pieces of blues Twitterology I've ever seen produced was that Gordon Ramsay uh, thing with, <laughs> you remember this? I think it was from the cup season, but before they were good, mm. when somebody put together all the quips, I think it was Blues Hat maybe, mm-hmm. um, and had, you know, like Zach Sanford getting cussed at, and, oh, yeah. and, Rob, and Colton Pareko getting cussed at, and Ryan O'Reilly getting praised, he praised Steve Donham and Robert Thomas. It was like six years old. Incredible. <laughs> he used I'll to be see if on. I can find that again. He used to be a piece of shit. Now he's good. Now, Ian, before we get out of here, would you like to share your thoughts on goaltender interference? Yeah, it's only goaltender interference or whatever the no, fuck you, you gotta want to call get, it. You gotta get mad. Oh, it's gonna get there. I, I'm a slow okay. burner. Well, like... folks, this is the return. I want to make it official. Oh, okay. Of the five minute major. For the most, return of the return. For the cats out there that have are on at least their eighth of nine lives and have been listening ever since the first episode, the very the very earliest episodes of this podcast, um, please enjoy the return of five minute major. It's how he wants. The floor's oh, okay. So yeah, it's not goaltender interference. Uh, if you come out of the net, if you skate to the circle and try and play the puck, which is exactly what Auntie Ranta did uh, this past Saturday, I believe, uh, in the game where the Hurricanes were playing the Florida Panthers. A, a great game, by the way, uh, because mm-hmm. they were both undefeated, I believe, at that point. I guess the Panthers lost a game in overtime, but regulation undefeated. And uh, Panthers ended up winning, I believe, too. But they were up 4 nothing, and this play I'm about to talk about resulted in a five-minute major. That shouldn't have been a five-minute major because it's bullshit and because NHL refs are fucking idiots right now. They're terrible. Um, there's a puck. It's going into the Carolina Hurricane zone. It is in the 
middle of the left circle. Auntie Ranta, the goalie for the Carolina Hurricanes, decides, I'm going to go play this puck, <laughs> which you are allowed to do. Yeah, you are. You were allowed to make mistakes, but that's what he did. He went to go over there to play the puck. Uh, I believe it is, I don't know his first name, Blomberg mm-hmm. of the uh, Florida Panthers is skating neck and neck with the Carolina Hurricanes defenseman and trying to get to the puck. They race towards it. Ranta doesn't pull up either. And then Lomberg ends up hitting Ranta, uh, colliding with him, if you will, at the circle. And they both go down. They're both laying there. So Lomberg gets a five-minute major penalty. And I guess it's like a game, you know, a match penalty. He's out of the game or whatever. um, For charging. Mm. For charging anti-Ranta, which I think is bullshit. Because Lomberg's trying to play the puck. He's skating with four, five, six, seven, eight strides. Because he wants to get to the puck. And Ranta wants to get to the puck. And you're both allowed to play the puck. And if you're Ranta and you're out of the crease, that means you can get hit. And also, Lomberg's trying to avoid him. He ends up getting Ranta in the head, but Lomberg's definitely trying to jump out of the way. You can, you watch the replay over and over again. You can see it. It's like clear as day that he's trying to move out of the way. And it just so happens that Ranta's like sliding down and moving his head in the same way that Lomberg's trying to avoid him. Um, clear as day in the, rev- in, the, in the replays. And you go, oh, well... Uh, you know, they don't have replay. They can't look at the replay of this. They did. They went and they looked at the replay. They were like, what happened? Let's go take a peek. Uh, this is after they called it a major. And then they upheld it as a major. They looked at everything and they said, yeah, that seems like a charging major. <laughs> I can't believe... I, I couldn't believe it. I was, like, I was super pissed. I, I don't know what I would have done if this was a Blues game. Because these were two teams that... I'm interested in, but I don't really care about. And I was like, this is absolute dog shit. Like, I cannot believe that's a five-minute major for hitting a goalie that's trying to play the puck, and the dude's trying to avoid it's in- It's incidental contact. At, very, at most, it's like roughing. At most, it's two minutes for roughing. Yeah. And that's even like, dude, come on, that'd be bullshit. But at least it's two minutes. But no, they got a five-minute major, and Carolina only scored one goal on it, but it's a goal. And it was four to two or four to three at that point. It's... It's fucking terrible. Like, I cannot believe... There's people that were like, well, he, he made contact with the head. That You gotta call that. I'm like, not when the dude throws his head in front of you. <laughs> if you're going, like, right, left, right, left. And you go, I guess I'll go left. And Ronta goes, me too, with my head. You're gonna hit him in the head. You And you can watch a replay. And that's what he fucking does. I don't understand. I can't believe they went and they looked at a replay. And they said, yeah. What we, <laughs> what we saw and did just now... It's fine. I think it made it worse. If they hadn't looked at a replay, I'm like, okay, they both hit each other. It was a real big explosion, blah, blah, yeah. blah. What are they going to do, I guess? But they went and they looked at their freaking iPad and they said, yeah, yeah, that seems right. Do you think game circumstances influenced it? Yes, like a... oh, 100%. Okay. Like, I think the fact, like, I get it. Carolina is a non-traditional hockey market, so it's not like they're playing to Toronto or, or the Habs uh, or something. But I still think they're like, it's 4 nothing or it's 4 I think it was 4-1 at this point. And you're like, these are two, you know, undefeated teams. Let's make it a little closer. It was closer. like a marquee matchup. Yeah, right they're now. like, we got we to gotta make this a little bit closer. If, oh, whew, <laughs> it, was bold. It, was, it was terrible. I cannot believe that. I watched it, and you know how like you'll watch something, you have a strong opinion, and you watch it over and over again. You hear some other opinions, and you kind of soften. Like, All right, well, I guess mm. I see what they're seeing. No, I like I cannot fathom what they're seeing here. I can't even believe they could call it charging. Quite honestly, I'm pretty sure you're like 
Isn't that like strides and you're like aiming to hit yeah. somebody? Yeah. Like not even close, dude. He's going after the puck. He's like literally beelining for the puck the whole freaking time. <sighs> yeah. I like Antti Ranta, but I was like, dude, if you're hurt, that's your fault. I don't. Well, he's he's a brittle I mean, bone yeah. boy anyway. <laughs> well, I was gonna say they're like, well, he's injured now. I'm like, he could have been injured just skating to the puck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, I feel like, I know, I don't, I'm not usually the beat up on the officials guy, but I feel like the NHL refs that I've experienced have been particularly bad this year. You know, it's just like, get, get your crack together. Not the worst thing going on in the NHL this season by far, but this, 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 this organization needs a change. You know, Gary Bettman's never going to leave. He should, but he's never, ever, ever going to leave. But God, I wish he would. He is yeah. an old man. 30 years? He, 30 years doing this shit. He himself admitted himself that he has a hotline. And <laughs> I think that alone should be enough to get the man fired. Imagine thinking a hotline was the solution to the world's problems. Well, maybe if they could just call us. Imagine Jason Spezza calls into the NHL's uh, hotline. And he wants to remain anonymous, but also he's high strung and so he's nervous laughing. And the league the league calls him and is like, Hey Jason, we needed to talk about those allegations you made and Jason's like, That wasn't me, that could have been anybody. <laughs> you know? Uh, that would be that's that's some slapstick humor right there. So uh, anything else? Anything any any other stories you'd like to share? Any any fun pet stories or um, spooky stories like we did last time. Why do you think it is that Ariana Grande is on The Voice? Like, she don't need to be on The Voice. Yeah, I mean, she must they just must have thrown so much money at her to do right. like eight hours of work. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. She's gonna be in Wicked, I guess, in like the new Wicked mm. movie adaption. I can tell that she's defying gravity. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be dope. She's so talented. I know that's like a that's like a 45-year-old white dude thing to say, but she is very, she's quite talented. Um, and that's the only thing I've ever noticed about her, too, you know, not not anything else. So, also Pete Davidson, though, so, you know, a lot of questions there. I mean, I, he's just a, he's just unexplainable. He is the phenomenon that makes the world turn. I'm not even jealous, man. I just want to know. I just, I just, just want to know. Explain. I just explain <laughs> yeah. it. Just please, just tell us how it happens. Personality. Downstairs, He right? doesn't have... He yeah, he does. He doesn't have a personality. He's funny. People say he's funny. Yeah, but... It's he's, funny! But he's dead and sallow. He looks, he looks like he's dying. He's beautiful, <laughs> but he's dying. <laughs> All right, folks, we've said plenty here. Uh, Ian has a lot of thoughts about... Um, <laughs> about uh, Pete Davidson to get out on our other podcast, Two Guys, One Cup. Uh, please tune in. Only for adults. Only for adults. So. X-rated. Uh, <laughs> Triple X. I, I did go back and re-listen. Oh, no. Just, just out of... Uh, just out of nostalgia this afternoon, I went back and re-listened to just the opening of our two podcasts after the team won the cup. And <laughs> when... When I said, we are now the Two Guys One Cup podcast, and you immediately go, it's not smut. <laughs> this isn't what this I is for. So 
that's what you're here for, I hate to break it to you, but an hour and a half in, it's not, now it just ends. And I love, I, I go back and listen to that uh, montage that we made a oh, lot, because yeah. I love it, and it makes me happy, but... I think I've told you this before. Every single time, the moment that makes me happiest is when you're like, get up and punch the sky. Punch the sun right out of the sky. That was for the first round. I know. That was just for getting to the playoffs. Oh, we were such children back then. If only. Make it, make it fun again, Blues. But even after all these years, we still enjoy each other, Ian, and that is the mark of a great marriage. Mm. Oh, here's to many more. Happy anniversary. Bon voyage and good night. Happy Thanksgiving.